We live in a culture which is struggling over the issues of morality. I suppose that's true about all societies. Every society, every, every culture that's ever existed has figured out ways to develop moral answers to the problems that arise around the boundaries of social behavior. Generally speaking, one has to consider when looking at morality what the starting assumptions are, the values, the understandings of the broader world, and the outcomes that one anticipates from a decision that's being made. One also has to consider the methods of reasoning. Let me look at the methods of reasoning with you by, um, by looking back in my own life to an incident that arose uh, with my wife early in our marriage. Now, in defense of my spouse, um, it's not infrequent for people in the first year or two of marriage to have a certain level of insecurity. So that will help you understand uh, her question. Also, I think it's important in my own defense to, uh, to understand that I, I put all the blame on her for marrying an ethicist. That's why she got the response that she got. In any event, she asked me one day as we were walking through a small town in which we lived, would you ever cheat on me? And my response to her was, no, I would not cheat on you. And it is not because I think you're beautiful, although she is and remains so. It is not because I love you, though I did and I continue to. It is because it would violate who I am and who I want to be in Christ. She looked at me dumbfounded, but I'm very willing to argue that actually is a more secure moral approach for a marriage than one that's based purely on rule adherence or one that's based purely on affection. Let's look at how I reasoned morally in that particular situation. I want to break moral reasoning into five categories, really three, one which has three subtypes. The first form of moral reasoning is called deontological, and the main ethical task is to simply decide what fits into a given category. So one could assert that the Ten Commandments are a set of deontological rules. Now, I know that we should recognize that they're actually an expression of a covenantal relationship, but a lot of people view them as a set of categorical rules. And one of those rules says, you shall not commit adultery. So, I would not commit adultery. Another set of rule, or another way to approach morality is analogical, is by comparing a given choice with something else that one already knows about. And this is very common when one is entering into a, a new arena of moral discourse. For instance, with genetic modification or, or any of the problems that have arisen recently in, in human bioethics. Analogically, I might look and say in the scripture, well, idolatry is wrong, and in the scripture, idolatry is compared quite frequently to adultery. Therefore, adultery, by analogy, is also wrong, because it is analogically related to idolatry, a moral evil. Therefore, I know not to participate in adultery. Now, under the third major type of moral reasoning, teleology, which is projected toward an outcome, a specific outcome, are, are is one subtype called consequentialism, which can either be a hedonism, uh, an ethical egoism, and that should not always be viewed as intrinsically wrong, as if it's uh, Friday night on a college campus. It, it can be a, an understanding of true pleasure at its deepest level. It can be a moral uh, process of analysis 
uh, a rigorous process of analysis, not just based on sensation. You could say, well, I shouldn't commit adultery because it would be too burdensome for me to do so. All consequentialist reasoning involves looking at the positive and the negative. So looking at the positive, there'd be physical pleasure. There might be excitement. But there'd be so many costs to me, personally. It would, it would especially damage my own self-opinion of myself. And that, that's a heavy burden to bear. Utilitarianism takes all of those, those concerns raised with hedonism and it expands it out beyond the self to a larger group of interest bearers. So in this case, the case of, adu of um, adultery, I would also have to consider um, my son and my daughter, how shattered they'd be. My, my daughter would be um, broken emotionally by what I had done. My, my son would be furious with me. My wife would be adrift. I'd probably lose my position at Asbury. Uh, the little church I pastor, it would have a heavy burden to bear. So even using a utilitarian calculation, I should not commit uh, adultery. But the driving reason for not committing adultery, going back to that conversation with my wife, it would violate who I want to be. That, that other form of teleological reasoning is called virtue reasoning. And while consequentialism is based on the end justifying the means, virtue reasoning is based on the idea that the end conditions the means. Who do I want to be? Look at Philippians chapter 2. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. If I want to have the attitude of Christ Jesus, I cannot betray people who have trust in me. And that was the argument I made for my wife. And we've been married for well over 30 years, so I guess that argument has worked out. I'd also assert this. In Wesleyan thought, because of our understanding of holiness, of service, of moral behavior as means of grace. Our primary moral reasoning method, yes, we can use deontology, yes, we can even use utility calculations on certain occasions, even analogies, but our private primary means of moral reasoning should be virtue reasoning. We need to look at who we want to be in Christ and act accordingly. Mm -hmm.